You're listening to Health Beyond Mormonism, an evidence-based health podcast for all the lazy learners who are learning to navigate life after Mormonism. I'm your host, Lindsay Ron, a personal trainer, nutritionist, health coach, and post-Mormon. Come with me as we re-examine everything you've ever been taught over the pulpit about nutrition, mental health, sexuality, and body autonomy, so that you can experience your best health beyond Mormonism. Now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Health Beyond Mormonism, an evidence-based health podcast for Mormon-flavored people who are looking to learn how to navigate their life beyond what they learned from the pulpit. My guest today is near and dear to my heart, my good friend, Candace Elliott. Do you go by Candace Elliott Reader still? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So Candy went to college with me at BYU-Idaho and... We were in the music department together. More specifically, we were playing jazz together a lot. <laughs> we took a lot of classes together. We were great friends. We hung out a lot. Um, and I've been following Candy's story since college. And she has just the most amazing story of, you know, rebirth, relearning how to navigate her feelings, her sexuality, how to navigate her faith in a totally new way. Um, she is an energy healer and a green witch now, and um, so many interesting, amazing things coming out of Candy. First of all, Candy, why don't you introduce yourself? Just all your basic, you know, who are you? Where do you live? What do you do? All those good details. Oh, sure. Um, I'm Candy, and I live in central Illinois, just a couple hours south of Chicago. Um, I grew up in Southern California, and so this is uh, new for me, <laughs> living out here in the Midwest and loving it, loving the seasons. Um, yeah, I have six kids. They're awesome. We homeschooled for a while, um, but now are doing the school thing so that I could get a job. And um, I have a, my business is called Joyfully Blooming. And I find holistic ways to help people shift through their difficult life transitions and find their most powerful authentic selves so yeah so what kinds of things do you do when we're talking about holistic things I know you do uh astrology um tell me all like give me a list because <laughs> I know you do a lot of things and you're you're like a professional at so many of these practices I am have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I totally nerd out about these things. Um, yeah, I do astrology readings um, for people. And that's really cool because it just helps you uh, kind of understand yourself a little more. And it really validates things that you feel intuitively. And then to have someone look at your chart and say, oh, this and this and this planet's hitting it this way and that's why this is coming probably coming up and they say oh my gosh that's just what it was and 
then you can look at how to work through things and the best ways to work through them. And it's just super empowering. I love doing astrology readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I use tarot cards to help fill in the gaps when we need them. That's also super helpful and empowering. Um, I do Reiki energy healing. I'm a Reiki master, which is kind of like a Jedi master, but cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's really cool. Um, Yeah, it just helps um, you flow the energy through your body more naturally when, you know, when things get like, you know, you, you walk into a room where someone has been arguing, right? And you can kind of like, but they've stopped, but you can still feel it. You mm-hmm. know, that kind of like the, the energy. Yeah, that, you know, those kinds of energetic things, you can feel them and they often build up in your body and sometimes they get stuck. So often your, you know, mental and emotional things will show up physically in your body as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, the energy healing just helps kind of clear and get things flowing. And I also intuitively channel um, messages from your higher self when I do the Reiki sessions as well. And so whatever those kind of subconscious messages that your higher self is wanting to um, get to you at this time will come through in those sessions as well. And then I work a lot with plants and herbs and the earth and um creating plant medicine um you know natural remedies and such to help work with your energy in a more holistic way i love it i love it and um you guys should go find her she's on facebook and instagram joyfully blooming um and if anybody wants to hire you or purchase any of your things um what capacity can you serve people? Um, I, if you go to my website, which is joyfullyblooming.com, um, all, all of my services are either you can choose in person or through distance because energy travels through distance. And so it, oh, it <laughs> feels just the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it works just as well. So yeah, you can find those there and, um, my shop with my plant medicine is there as well that I can um, ship to. Awesome. I love it. That's cool. It's been so fun watching your business and, you know, watching your journey and your growth. Um, You're very inspiring. And I I just love how open you are and vulnerable you are about growth and always learning, always on this trajectory of becoming, becoming, you know, always becoming um it it is very very inspiring thank you so uh candy um let's start let's start off with your childhood stuff i want to know you know where did you grow up what was being taught to you about yourself your body your autonomy your spirituality all the good stuff <laughs> well yeah so i grew up in Southern California in the Los Angeles area and um, I was born as a member of the Mormon church and um, I was the oldest of six kids 
And I think, you know, I was, I, I went to primary and was taught all of those things. Um, I don't remember being taught much of that outside of church, honestly, um, as a young kid. But what I, I do know is that my, my birth mom was, um, she was a convert to the church, as was my dad. I think they both joined as teenagers and came from kind of chaotic upbringing and was able to, they were able to find a lot of peace um, and love and compassion and support in the church that they didn't have at home, a lot of structure that they needed and this kind of foundation of spirituality that really supported them. And, um, you know, and, and, but my, my birth mom did end up getting married very young. She was mm -hmm. 18 or 19 when she got married and then was 20 years old when I was born. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she actually had mental health issues and, um, I don't know. I don't know if it was, you know, because of the religious culture that, you know, she ended up having so many children, but wasn't mentally able to really take care of us. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that ended up leading to a lot of my feelings of attachment issues and codependency um as well as just low feelings of self-worth um you know not getting my needs met at home mm. and so that that is really what kind of stuck with me and <laughs> where I was building my foundation from okay so you're growing up in the church that was giving you all the answers and you had a home life that was kind of rough and you're not getting your needs met. Um, so how did you, how did you yourself um, interact with like the teachings that like the church was telling you about, um, you know, prayer when you need to look for help or, um, just like your, like the, like taking authority for yourself and things like that. Like, how did you pick up on any of those messages? Um, so I, I mean, I absorbed everything they taught me in primary, um, which I recognized because as I got older, I was doing all of the young women's things and was following that very strictly. Um, I have a lot of self-discipline and so when I decided for myself that I wanted to follow these things that I was being taught I was very strict with myself and um yeah really didn't <laughs> allow for much um moving out of that pathway and mm -hmm. I just latched on to that I guess as um you know I was told that this is who I am and this is what I do and this is how 
you're worthy. <laughs> this is oh, how you're worthiness. worthy. Worthy of love is by following these rules. And so I followed these rules so I could be worthy of that. Um, did that, how did that interact with your relationship with your parents? Like the idea, the worthiness in church, like with your parents and not getting your needs met. Was there any kind of correlation there, do you think? Um, honestly, I didn't think about it that deeply at that time. So that's a good question. Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Well, but- you never think about this stuff like in the moment, in the moment you're like, Hey, I'm going to church. This is what we do. This is how we think. And then, you know, 30 years mm-hmm. later, you're like, Oh, that's what was going on. <laughs> yeah. <Shoot. laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think back to your question. I just had a some other thoughts come up and I can't, I'm not sure if they relate to what exactly was. (laughs) We're we're here for all your thoughts. (laughs) Um, yeah, I just, I don't know about that correlation with my parents. I didn't really think about that at the time. I was just trying to get through life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my dad was just doing the best he could to try and get by and support six kids <laughs> with, you know, he, as we went through that, you know, their divorce, mm-hmm. um, as my mother became too unstable to really, um, continue. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I just, I do remember, I remember being, um, let's see what, I guess I would have been in sixth grade. So somewhere around 11 years old is when I first remember having, um, like sexual thoughts and feelings. And I remember not really knowing what that was, but that from what I was learning at church, it really, like, I, I was feeling really guilty. Like there were feelings Mm -hmm. within me of, um, like this isn't. You know what I mean? Like right. something, something like I felt like I was being icky for having these things come up for me. Not that I, it was on purpose. It just, mm-hmm. but even if it was, I don't know. It just, it felt, I felt these things and I didn't know what to do with them. And so I, I do, I have very distinct memories of that. Um, I remember because I had a crush on a boy. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> An 11-year-old with a crush on a boy. Oh, no. I know. And I just remember having these thoughts and like, where did that, where is this coming from, you know? And what do I do with this? And is, you know, and then getting into young women's and learning, you know, all of the morality and chastity rules and wearing my clothing and things um, ended up leading to, uh, like feeling I think that's fed a lot of my feelings of again of low self-worth and of being like unclean somehow or like I'm hiding something uh-huh. um, because of these things I was pushing down if that makes sense oh I yeah I went through something very similar and feeling like your brain and your body are doing things that are very natural but kind of being taught that they're not really 
they're not really natural or if they are natural, it's the natural man. And mm-hmm. um, just like how incredibly bad these feelings are, how incredibly sinful and, and wrong. And, um, and I don't know if your ward was like this, but like my ward really sort of uh, made us feel isolated about these things. Like you're not supposed to talk about them, mm, but, yes. but you are supposed to like go to the Bishop, but then you're kind of made to believe that you're the only one that has these feelings so there's got to be something wrong with you. Yeah. So I think that's a really big issue is the fact that there's not conversation happening around, first of all, these feelings and what they even are. I didn't have like a mom even around like helping me understand this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have that happening at church either. And and I think they're just, it would be really helpful <laughs> to have these kinds of conversations because yeah like you said it we're feeling very isolated feeling like we're the only ones feeling like we're like the lone sinner mm-hmm. <laughs> for being just human um and i think it would be really um gosh it just felt so heavy i felt so weighed down by these feelings throughout my whole life of of just this yeah this heaviness mm-hmm. um you know and you you mentioned before we started this recording we chatted for a few minutes and um you mentioned a, a post that I recently shared on social media about um I shared how throughout my life I I hated I really, I didn't necessarily recognize this, but looking back, I realized I hated myself. I loathed myself, just who I was. And, and I remember avoiding mirrors at all costs, not because of how I looked in them, although I didn't like how I looked either, but I just like, didn't want to see myself who I was Mm because I (laughs) thought I was so wicked. I didn't even like sit around thinking about sex or anything like that you know it was just like just natural feelings and hormones and things just I wasn't taught that I think a lot of us aren't and or even if you're taught very briefly it's not just a common conversation but it's such a part of normal everyday life right it's a part of having a body yeah (laughs) we're not taught that for some reason, <laughs> at least most of a lot of us aren't. I right. Think. And and if you weren't also welcome, welcome to this club. <laughs> you right. aren't um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think a lot more conversation would even just that would lighten the load for so many people. Right. Well, I even remember feeling like I couldn't even talk to like my parents because mm. Because if I admitted that I was having feelings at all, that made it real. Yeah. And if it's real, if it's real, then that means I have to do something about it. You have to repent. Right. Which we don't even need to go into that. This isn't my story, but I can tell you I have some trauma around that, Um, Mm -hmm. which I think many teenagers 
do, you know, if they've been through that repentance process as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't even until, uh, let's see, it's been almost two years ago now since I have what I like to call my spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The, you know, that year kind of I started thinking about things and processing things and asking some questions for the first time ever and that kind of started the tipping point of Mm -hmm. everything shifting for me so anyway yeah you had come to me you had gotten a nutrition session sometime after that maybe about a year ago yeah or so something like that and you had said uh, well, actually I've been rethinking some things. And then we had just like a really great conversation about how things are changing and some things are really hard, but some things are really great. And, um, yeah, I was, you know, that, that was a great conversation. And I, I reflected back on that a lot over the last year, just thinking like how much growth can come when you get to a point where you're willing to take a step back and look at the way that you've been believing and ask yourself, like, is that actually serving me? And if it's not, what can I do? What can I do to take steps toward a positive um, change? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the first thing that I started asking myself, because at first I was like starting to have questions and I was thinking, Oh no, I'm struggling with my beliefs. That was the first thought I remember having. And then it dawned on me, like, wait a minute. Do I actually even believe that? And I hadn't allowed myself to even ask that question for so many years, despite questions coming up for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't even let myself wonder, do I actually believe that? Um, I was just following along for so long you know, and I'm, I'm 39 now. <laughs> and yep. so that, that was a long time, I think, to, you know, be on that path. And I think it was helpful to give me some structure to teach me about getting still and having kind of a, a, um, a home base, I guess, in spirituality, um, mm-hmm. some form of it anyway. And so I appreciate coming from that place. I appreciate coming from a background that does value family um, because that's really important to me. And, um, you know, kind of the idea of centering around the hearth, um, you know, figuratively, Mm -hmm. whatever that might be for you. um, I've come to see that as a very important piece of who I am. Um, And, and so a lot of that part does line up and give some nice, um, I don't know, a place to come from. And that, that piece is something that I've taken with me as a true piece of myself, as the idea of centering around the hearth. I love that. Can we touch on, we had talked, because we we had a little conversation before we hit record and you had talked about like initially learning like your spirituality skills from church, but 
some of them were some of those skills were less helpful, such as um, your your self authority when it comes to spiritual feelings. You had mentioned learning how to pray, but you're only allowed to pray for what they want you to uh, to learn. Do you do you want to speak to any of that? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're just, we're taught from the time we're three and we start primary, you know, or younger if your parents sing the songs at home. But I just Mm -hmm. keep thinking about that song. Um, Search, ponder, and pray are the things that I must do. The spirit will guide. And deep inside, I'll know the scriptures are true. And it just dawned on me as I was going through this, you know, shift over the past couple years that um and I like raising my six kids and I'm seeing you know the coercion that's coming out of me trying to get them to say their prayers and you know read their scriptures and oh no they don't want to and so I'm a bad mom because my kids don't want to be spiritual or quote spiritual in the way that they're supposed to at church and you know those kinds of things or or you know, oh, my son doesn't want to get baptized and he's told me so. (laughs) And I realized all of this and realized I don't, you know, I think that I want that song to say, um, the spirit will guide and deep inside, I'll know the truth for myself. Like Mm -hmm. that, that's what I want to teach my kids is to find their own moral compass because there's truth is relative there's as much as the church wants us to think that things are black and white and we can just follow down the straight and narrow path it isn't mm-hmm. that way it really isn't it's multi-dimensional it's multicolored, hued you know so many different things um it's this beautiful you know life is this beautiful I don't know kind of tapestry I guess with so much weaving in and around it and what's true for you is not necessarily going to be true for someone else it's we all are seeing things differently you pick up a coin you know and it's Mm -hmm. the same coin and there's two different sides Mm -hmm. and so yeah I am really big now um, and something that I teach in my workshops when I do um, like shadow work and, and self-love workshops. Um, and I teach this concept of finding your moral compass as we talk about food. And I'll say, hey, Lindsay, ah! <laughs> um, <laughs> would you like a tall glass of cool lemonade right now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so did you like where in your body did you feel that like yeah <laughs> Ooh, I love this no I felt it cold I felt the yeah like in the very center of me like when you when you drink something cold and it cools you down and then the coldness radiates out kind of how a cool glass makes you feel cool it's it's stinking hot here in Texas and the air conditioning oh, is not okay. keeping up it's probably 80 degrees here in my studio so so yes. what about, what if, what could I, would you like it right now if I offered you maybe like a 
double double bacon grilled cheesy cheeseburger with extra fried onions uh sometimes that would be really really good but right at now, this, at I mean, this right moment now. right now I'd go for the cold lemonade so did you feel maybe in your body like about the burger if that's what was a yes or a no oh it was a hard pass like my my tummy immediately spoke up and it said nope not hungry <laughs> nope so you know we do this exercise in a lot of my workshops where we just practice with something as basic as food and tuning in and feeling in your body if it's mm -hmm. a yes or no right now in this moment because maybe later it might change but right now what is it what's what's is it a yes is it a no is it a maybe if I change this thing about it like if you can get comfortable with feeling that yes and no and where it lies in your body with something as simple as food you know first of all that's going to help you feel better as you eat mm -hmm. oh and yeah take care of your body <laughs> you know and second of all it's going to get you more comfortable with tuning in with that higher alignment of yourself which is going to give you your yeses and nos and let you make decisions about more you know about important even I mean food is important but you know heavier things it's mm -hmm. just going to translate to all the rest of your life in making these decisions and deciding how to navigate your life that is really fascinating because um how how old would you say this practice is that you've learned? Um, but well, what I'm getting at is, um, I read a lot of studies. I you know I'm I'm evidence based and I'm reading a lot of like psychiatrists and people, and they've done a lot of work on like emotional mapping and stuff, and tying where you feel the emotion, where you feel the feelings in your body and what that feels like and tying that to the emotion and using that to inform you of like what's happening right now. Um, and, and, and implying that to things like, um, mindfulness, mindful eating and, and meditation and stuff, which is like, which is all like very well grounded in the psychology and stuff. And so it's just really fascinating how this whole world comes all the way back around to the holistic wellness world. Mm, yeah. It's tuning into yourself mm -hmm. because there's, you know, a lot of us, we think we are our thoughts. We think thoughts and we, our self-identity gets wrapped up in those thoughts floating through our head. Mm -hmm. But if you notice for a minute what you're thinking, you realize you're not, you're the notice, you're noticing your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. <laughs> so you know, we're three parts, we're body, mind, and spirit, soul, or we mm -hmm. have a body, have a mind, and we are, that's us, our soul, you know, it's mm -hmm. like the top of the triangle. And um, yeah, we can, like, take a moment and step out of that. And, you know, if we can disentangle ourselves from identifying with our thoughts, and, and along with that, our emotions that come flooding through, you know, our emotions mm -hmm. are just emotion, energy in motion. And it's just like a physical manifestation of how we are or aren't in alignment with our higher selves. Yeah. 
that that makes total sense. I feel like you're channeling Eckhart Tolle. You ever read Tolle? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, it it's such good stuff, though. I mean, I feel like you know, um, I feel like there's so much knowledge and so much wisdom coming from like the holistic world, and. I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, personal trainers or, you know, whatever practitioners sort of like, they're like, oh, well, that's, that's woo woo. So that's not going to be helpful. Um, but really when you get into like the mental health spaces and you start to understand that there are layers to everything. And when you get into like the psychology books and stuff, they're actually teaching the same stuff. It just has a different name and a different <laughs> yeah. application maybe, but I mean, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, you know, if you break your leg, you should definitely not go to the doctor. Like I, that's not what I'm right. saying, but when it comes to things like emotional healing and stuff like that, like, you know, learning to map your emotions and learning to disassociate yourself from uh, from your emotions and from your thoughts and from the events and to be able to observe what you're going through as a, uh, unbiased third party looking from the outside in, um, and allowing yourself to have the emotions, allowing yourself to have the experiences. Um, what do they say? It's like you're, you're, you are your best friend. And so you sit with yourself as you go through all the things in a, loving and comforting and validating way. And then as you let the things pass through and you work through them, um, rather than judging yourself and trying to suppress all these experiences that you're having. Mm, yeah. All of that. All that. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's go, let's go back to your story. Um, I I'm loving this. So you grew up in adulthood, you got yourself a music major uh, degree, as did I. We played together in a lot of bands. It was great. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about your, I guess how I want to frame this is your spiritual path through like young adulthood, you know, getting through college, working jobs, having babies, and how spirituality played in with health and mental health with all that. That was a big question. Maybe I should just put a green light on and just say, okay, talk, your turn, go. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, what I consider spirituality now wasn't on my radar at all during that time. For me at that time, spirituality was the stuff we learn in church, you mm -hmm. know, praying, connecting with God and Jesus um and you know so I was doing those things and going through all my ups and downs um I let's see and after I had my fourth child I actually hit like a postpartum depression sort of a deal mm -hmm. um and it just I feel like that was just one of my really lowest of lows and I you know 
was not well physically. I like had no energy. I couldn't even get up off the couch. And then that made me feel like a bad mom. And so it just spiraled downward and things were terrible financially and getting a car repossessed and so many things. Um, anyway, around that time is when natural wellness first came into my life. And I, I remember thinking like trying to, and asking, um, different people asking like my stepmom and some other people who I was, you know, felt close to, um, to talk about these kinds of things. I remember asking, like trying to bridge the gap between how I felt and how the atonement was supposed to work. Oh, oh no, that's a big thing when people <laughs> reach for mental, mental health help through the atonement instead of through Oh, well, some, it, sometimes it does, it can help people depending on how you interact with the atonement and stuff like that. But, um, I was not understanding like, okay, he did this stuff. Jesus did this stuff and it's supposed to heal all the things, but I feel like shit in every way possible. How do, how do I get this to translate and help me like mm -hmm. survive life? You know, I just, I wasn't understanding that you know so that was a big question that I had um then natural wellness came into my life through the form of someone soliciting doTERRA products to me which is mm -hmm. an essential oil company and um I remember meeting with this girl and um learn she gave her a little pitch and I would, you know, was trying to get me to like do the business that was like taking that angle, you know, and, um, and she, but what really stuck out to me was she said, I read this book and I did a 21 day complaining fast and, um, where she didn't complain. And anytime she caught herself starting to complain either out loud or in her thoughts, she would shift and think about something she was grateful for. And, I positive thinking, despite everything that we're taught in church, positive thinking really in that way was new to me. That was a new concept. My thoughts were toxic, negative, swirling around, infusing every cell of my body, even nice. though I was like, do, do, do. I'm reading my scriptures. I'm saying my prayers inwardly, really all of these negative things were flowing through me mm -hmm. so strongly and hearing her talk about this 21 day complaining fast, it like, it struck something for me. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with this doTERRA thing, but I'm moving in this direction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was my, uh, that was a big fat yes for me. And, and it, that was like the beginning of my shift, you know? Um, so How did I, you, did you notice oh did you notice that helping you feel better like in an on an attitude level or like a mental health level or both um it, it was all of the it all kind of wraps together I don't know if I could take them apart um I I started I started taking really good vitamins mm-hmm and I started, I went to yoga for the first time ever, which I was so terrified of because I didn't know anything about it. 
And I was so, 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 so nervous <laughs> to go to my <laughs> yoga class. But, mm-hmm. but you know, this new thing coming into my life kind of pushed me in that direction. And I went and I loved it. And so that started shifting physically, which also affected mentally and emotionally. Like they all yeah. just together, you know, you probably know that. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was taking vitamins. I started attending yoga. And then I started reading these kind of personal development books that mm-hmm. just really started facilitating this positive thinking mindset. And that just shifted, gosh, so much. And and the vitamins gave me my life back physically. You mm-hmm. know, I had energy again. Um, and I started yeah, I just started feeling a lot better. And it was still a long journey from that point to where I am now. But that was the beginning. That was like the opening of, you know, the can of worms or whatever. (laughs) How long ago would you say that was? You had four kids at the time? That was 2006, like beginning of 2016 when I started doing all that. Okay. So it went from uh, positive thinking and oils and yoga Mm-hmm. To energy healing and yeah yep <laughs> yep so I and you know we moved out to the midwest and I was doing the oils still because I just kind of started on that path and was going that way do you still uh, do the oils I use them I don't sell oh, them. you don't sell them okay no um yeah as I I, I really um, I started, we, I read the secret garden with my kids and I just fell in love with it. Cause if you haven't read that book, it's just full of gems. I went back and reread it and took notes. It's just full of these like Christian science. I think she was into Christian science. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of these like really empowering ideas of like the magic is within yourself. You know, it's there. You just need to tap into it. And you actually built up some printable PDFs for sale on your website, like for adult coloring. I saw those <laughs> of, of those quotes from the secret garden. And they're just, they're absolutely lovely. Oh, thank you. I thought they were really inspiring. And so, yeah, I, I made a whole, that was, a, I, that was when I started my joyfully blooming business. I started drawing art kind of for the first time, you know, I'd always just doodled, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to share these messages. And so I started practicing like drawing flowers to go with these messages from the secret garden that were just felt so empowering and like, Mm -hmm. Oh, it was just nothing I'd ever really felt before. And it just, Oh gosh. Um, to realize that you have the power to shift yourself, you know, um, and find the magic within you. And it doesn't have to be about, getting someone to buy your product or whatever it is, you know, it doesn't have to be based on someone else, which is kind of what I had been feeling with mm-hmm. the selling stuff. Um, you know, I just really latched onto that. And so I created a whole deck of cards from with secret garden quotes and had a lot of fun getting into art and just kind of finding myself again um, and started gardening more. And, and that really started helping my journey of breaking away from the codependency of meshing my identity with being a mother 
which mm-hmm. was another thing I grew up kind of feeling like I'm only worth something if here are my children. Let, let me show <laughs> them to you, <laughs> whatever. That was right. another thing. And so well, this that's, is something- that's not something you came up with out of your own head either. Like I remember right. sitting at BYU Idaho devotionals with you and the dude at the pulpit telling all the girls your number one thing in life is to get married and start having babies. And that, you know, that's how you'll be yep. righteous. Yep. Yep. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. I, I totally threw oh, you off. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Nope. That's, that's a lot of people are dealing with the after effects of having grown up with that mentality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what I was saying, <laughs> but um oh but I yeah I started doing that that book was influential for me in the secret garden um and then yeah that that started my business joyfully blooming that was the beginning of it was these little cards and then that evolved into a self-care workbook just with the things I'd kind of learned up until that point putting it into a little workbook of little activities you could do um and just some of my thoughts about it and some oils you could use to support it um and so I published that in my Etsy shop and the coloring pages and that was just the beginning of my little business Mm -hmm. and I realized I I started connecting more with the earth and realizing oh like the oils are great but I like touching the actual plants and so I started mm-hmm. learning more about plants themselves. I'd already gathered a lot of knowledge about how they helped physically and spiritually and energetically and emotionally. And so it was fun to start kind of learning more and putting it into practice with working with the plants themselves. And so I got really passionate about that. And um, yeah, and then I someone reached out about Reiki and I just felt drawn to it. <laughs> you know, it was, it was already within me personally. I, I believe in past lives and I think that was already a big part of me. And so when I came across it, it was a very quick, you know, I was easily mm-hmm. drawn to it. And I did ask my bishop. <laughs> <gasps> no, I asked him, I, I started doing Reiki and, and um, after visiting my sisters, I started learning about tarot. And, and I asked him if the church had any like official doctrine, you know, on, Mm -hmm. on those things and whether I, you know, could use them and still be a good Mormon (laughs) or not. Oh boy. Um, And he actually didn't get, he was just a busy guy and didn't get back to me until several months later. And after I'd stopped attending church, but he did back and tell me no there's there's no official doctrine on on using those things but just to make sure to to not use them so much that they're doing it more um taking the place of listening to the holy ghost and i was like oh well that's perfect since i've decided that the holy ghost and the messages that i'm getting from these things are one in the same (laughs) ah uh uh-huh so we're good like this is that's awesome what the church calls the holy ghost i would say is your higher self 
Yeah. Just the divine part of you that's wanting to connect with you, that sees the bigger picture and mm-hmm. is immediately connected to source energy. I love that so much because I feel like when in in situations when I was still in the church and like looking for answers from the spirit and I wouldn't get them, like they just wouldn't come because I was asking questions that ultimately like the real answer was not going to be something that was good for me or anything. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, other times in life when I'm like really drawn to something in a spiritual, energetic kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels, um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they try to teach you that that feeling can only mean one thing. And that's that the church is true, mm-hmm. but like, I almost feel like, sorry, my phone keeps buzzing. I almost feel like, like, I feel like I was drawn to starting an ex-Mormon health podcast. <laughs> and that is probably not what they were teaching that the spirit would draw you to do or the, what the spirit would um, reveal to you if yeah. the spirit is only for proving that the church is true. Um, but the, right. like the draw to me on an energetic spiritual level is that this is helping people in a very real way to deconstruct and kind of get past a lot of their, you know, trauma and things, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, so should I go into like the shift or did you have another yeah. question? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, really the only thing, the only other thing about the, your young adulthood would be kind of what we were we had touched on that you taught school band for a while and the reasons for that. And then eventually when you quit and the reasons for that, and uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Um, Sure. Although overall, you know, that's a less, I feel like that's, you know, I don't know if it has as much relevance to the point where I am now um other than just I don't know at this point I feel like I'm trusting that I'm kind of on this ride and that the universe is kind of guiding this and as long as I'm staying in the flow and coming from my heart space that you know I I'll be led to where I needed to be because ultimately so to answer your question, I, yeah, I was teaching band, which was what I got my degree for. Um, Mm -hmm. We were living in Utah at the time and my husband finished his undergrad and yeah, we had the plan to, to move. We moved um, out of state for him to go to grad school and get his master's degree. And so he was going to do that and then get his doctorate and get a job teaching. And I was going to have babies and stay home with them. <laughs> yeah. That so, sounds like a great plan. Because uh, at, at church, they teach that you get married and your husband, you know, is the provide the three P's, right? The provide, pro- preside, provide, protect, or whatever it is. Oh, right. 
<laughs> so that's like the plan. And so that was our plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, yeah, I stopped teaching and we moved and I started having the babies and, um, and yeah, it definitely didn't go according to the plan that it was mm-hmm. supposed to, um, that got pretty derailed because it's life and it's not like, you know, in young women's, they teach you like, this is your journey, <laughs> you know, right. It, it, it's not that way. It's life is life. I mean, maybe some people it ends up being that way. I don't know. Well, you're supposed to follow like this preordained path through life. And if things get hard, well, those are just hardships and our forebearers were pioneers and they died on the trek. And so you can handle whatever, you know, whatever life is throwing at you. Of course, you can learn to just, you know, keep going, endure yeah. to the end, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We endured until we would just we're going to die. <laughs> we just kept trying to endure right. where we were at, at, at that point. Um, ultimately, it got me that following that quote plan got me out here to the Midwest. And it really, this is where I needed to be. It really opened me up. Mm-hmm. Um, something about where I am and the people I connected with, um, you know, right. Um, kickstarted my spiritual awakening and um and so I don't begrudge that even though it was difficult (laughs) and um if I had a different perspective maybe I would have done things a little bit differently but ultimately you know I I I think life is going to push us in the direction that we need to. And we might have to learn harder lessons depending on mm-hmm. how we go through that. But, but I really do trust that uh, we're going to be handed what we need to in order to grow. And I needed to be on this path. And so I ended up here <laughs> um, yeah. at the right time. And <clears throat> yeah, did that answer did that answer what you wanted yeah yeah it did you know speaking of the um you know teaching band until it was time to have babies and once it was time to have babies well now it's time to have babies and that's what it's time for (laughs) and it's not time for anything else but we're having babies now and yeah yeah when when you're done having babies go have some more (laughs) Oh gosh. No. Yeah. So another plug for the awesomeness of um astrology. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I was, you know, feeling really guilty that like okay, I'm here. I'm with my babies. This is great, but I feel like there's more. I don't feel totally satisfied just sitting at home um with my babies. <laughs> right. And I was feeling guilty because I, you know, there are other people who are perfectly happy to do that. And I was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I a bad mom? Like, this is nice. And I love them. And I guilt time with them, but I know there needs to be more. And, um, in learning astrology and reading my astrology chart and seeing, oh, there is this fourth house energy of being, which is like the, the home, 
home and family. And so I feel that there, but then also my son, which is really your identity Mm -hmm. um, is shining in Leo in the 11th house of, you know, communities and friendships and, and bringing value to your community and supporting causes and stuff. That's where my son is. The sun is, you know, what fills you up. And, and I was just seeing that was very validating and realizing I, I need to be do out in the community doing these things and lifting and supporting my community and friendships and such in, in order to feel fulfilled as a mm-hmm. human, as a person, as part of who I am. Right. So that was just super validating to see, you know, and just understand about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so important. And uh, like, just, just to keep on plugging this idea of community is um, I just recorded a whole podcast is coming out on Thursday. By the time this one airs, that one will have already been out just uh, about a podcast. It's uh, about community. It's another interview uh, with Dario Alvarez. And he just talks about how community is so important for your mental health and your well-being and mm-hmm. yeah you know, and and going through the process of like leaving the church community um and then coming out into the wide world how important it is to very intentionally get out there and build those friendships and mm-hmm. you know be part of the human race you can't just be by yourself um yeah right so that that's awesome. So you got out and you started doing things out in the community and I mm-hmm. see you posting things from time to time about like going dancing or going out to like a class or a retreat or summer camp with kids, teaching the kids summer camp. Um, how do you feel like taking that step to get out and get more proactive in the community has come back and returned to you in growth? Um, what changes has that made for you? Mm, well, it's made a lot of changes for me. Um, and honestly, it kind of started with um, me feeling lonely and casting one of my first spells. <laughs> I cast a spell to make some friends, some real friends, because I'd never really had like, I mean, we're friends, but, mm-hmm. you know, and that was fine for college. But I never, like, had truly found myself mm-hmm. and then connected with others who, you know, were in a similar place, if that makes sense. For right. the most part, through most of my, you know, life after leaving college, my only, you know, especially once I started having children, my only what you could call friends were usually just people who were in my congregation who also had children. Um, and that's really the extent of what we had in common. Not that I didn't value those people. Um, and I still do, mm-hmm. but it, you know, in finding myself just wanting to connect from this heart space of these things that I'm, finding are really important to me you know of um loving and caring for the earth and you know working through social injustice and things like that that Mm -hmm. 
just really, you know, um, holistic eating and, and that sort of thing. Um, uh, yeah, just finding these people. And so I started like connecting with people one by one, they started Mm -hmm. pouring into my life and I started just like meeting all these people and going it out into finding these different groups and doing these different activities. And, and I started connecting other people with other people and like becoming this networker. And now people tell me like, Oh, you know, like there are people who are friends now and collaborating together and doing this stuff together. And they're like, Oh, Candy introduced me to you. <laughs> and <it's just> like, <laughs> it just became this whole, you know, and, and I can feel that now. And I, I feel like this little, like, I don't know, bumblebee or butterfly, like Mm -hmm. pollinator, like going to the different flowers and carrying pollen from one flower to the next. And, and it makes, it really fills my heart so much. Um, And I love being a part of the different groups that I'm in and um, just supporting different causes and teaching workshops and I love when people from the community come to my workshops I Mm -hmm. love you know I did I did um had a table at a a community event recently where I was selling products um and promoting my services and um you know a woman bought a lip balm from me (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. for three dollars or whatever and ended up sharing um, share, telling her hairdresser, sharing it with her hairdresser and telling <laughs> her about me and everything we had talked about. And the hairdresser ended up booking a Reiki session with me. And oh, I just thought amazing. it was so cool. <laughs> you know, it's it just like spreading things out and just, I don't know, it just feels really awesome to connect with people and to have people come to my table and say oh so and so told me about you and and I, you know I'm or I saw your products at this you know local place mm-hmm. and it's cool to actually connect with you just like it's been so fun to start collaborating and just it's lovely it feels it I don't know if you can feel my joy oh <laughs> yeah I talk about it it's pouring out of you <laughs> But it's been so healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To like step out of this very straight, narrow path that I was supposed to be following and open up to what could be possible and what can the universe bring to me. So that's my advice to anyone maybe listening who does feel stuck is opening up and asking, you know, you don't have to cast a spell. (laughs) That was just my fun (laughs) way. That's just another, you know, when I first started looking up what that was my sister said oh I'm a green witch what is that and I looked it up and I was like I do the exact same thing but maybe without the candles and the incantations <laughs> like you know just setting your intention it's just that it's mm-hmm. all about your intention right um and honestly if your intention is just to be open to what is my highest good lead me take me there right you're gonna be opened up if you if you ask and don't fight against it. Just like imagine, you know, riding on the wave or whatever. Just let yourself be taken there. And so much magic will open up for you. 
I love it. It's so beautiful. I I kind of feel like in my own journey and like, you know, leaving the church in that faith tradition. And I feel like, I feel like many different types of spirituality, many different types of prayer or energy or whatever spiritual practice can fill that void. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't have to look like a prayer. It doesn't have to look like burning a candle or, you know, yeah. like, I feel like the, 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 the inspiration will come when you let yourself be open to it. When you allow your brain and your heart to be safe, you're not judging yourself. And, yeah. and when you're really truly open to ask for it, like those intuition feelings or divine feelings can come through any method. You know, that's one of the reasons why, like, <laughs> I, I'm really reluctant to like dog on the church. Like, I know we talk about, you know, vulnerably, vulnerably talking about some of the problematic aspects and things, but I am yeah. very, very reluctant to go around saying, oh, the church is, you know, completely false and everyone needs to leave it. And it's, you know, everybody, hey. everybody all the time. Um, Because I do feel like, you know, when people are able to interact with it that way, it can be positive and helpful for them as with any faith tradition or any type of thing. And, mm-hmm. and I think there's something really beautiful about like, being able to cast spells or the plant magic or things like that, that you're grounding your spirituality into um, physical, physical items that are close by. And those items have meaning and that that yeah. can help you put your heart and your brain into that space easier. Uh, I mean, in, in my theory, I feel like it's your, it's really your brain doing all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we- it, we do the same thing in the temple too, though. Like mm-hmm. we put all this intention into these white pieces of underclothing. Right. <laughs> that right. amount of intention goes into that. It's the same thing. Right. Right. And but, I feel but, like I would fight for anyone's right to wear g- temple garments, just the same yeah. as I would fight for anyone's right to wear hijab, just as I would fight for anyone's rights to do whatever, you know, totally. whatever helps them. And I think, you know, it, to the point where people who are able to interact with these traditions in a helpful, healthy way, rather than, you know, sometimes it can kind of cross the point into becoming like, you know, abusive or toxic or, or like what we see a lot of happening now is we're like, my way is right. And everyone else needs to come to my way Mm -hmm. or else, or else consequences, um, and that, you know, that can get kind of scary and stuff, but I don't think that the people who are doing that are actually connecting with their, their spirituality in a spiritual way. I think they're, they're not connecting with their spirituality. They're following their tradition, which is a separate thing entirely. Yeah. And not that, not that we can even judge what and where anyone is coming from. And honestly, I've decided to take set that on the shelf and not even try and analyze you know why are they you know where are they coming from I I can't judge where they're coming from Mm -hmm. because who knows maybe they really think that who knows I'm not even personally don't even want to go there I would say just focus on yourself and what brings you into alignment I just I love I remember learning back in like high school and it always resonated with me that Mm -hmm. like 
when we learned about a little bit about Buddhism and the idea of there's this mountain and we're all trying to get to the top of the mountain, but there's all these different paths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that always resonated with me versus the, you know, the church teachings of this is the one most churches, you know, most right. things it's, it's not exclusive to the Mormon church. It's so many people will say that this is the only way, like you were just saying, but, mm-hmm. um, but I I feel like whatever is going to help you feel in that alignment with your highest self. And it could be that, you know, some set, setting is going to be right for you at a certain time and then not serve you as you evolve because we're all evolving. You talked about Pluto mm-hmm. earlier when we chatted <laughs> how, how Pluto brings on transformation in a big way when mm-hmm. it you know, transits in your life, um, crossing with your other planets and such, but, um, yeah, Pluto is the, Pluto is the death and rebirth, but not in a bad way kind of thing. It can, it can be pretty rough, but it's ultimately for your highest good. It's going to knock out, yes. you know, what's not serving you. And yeah, as we change and evolve, you know, what is serving our highest good? might change Mm -hmm. and evolve as well and that is what happened for me you know I I as we were mentioning earlier I started asking those questions and one of the first things and and you know I wasn't reading any what we would call anti-Mormon literature or anything I was literally (laughs) just just reading my scriptures reading conference talks and going within myself and like praying and pondering and meditating and reflecting and asking myself things I didn't even really talk to many other people because I didn't want to be influenced by biased opinions Mm. but I within myself and was just asking these questions and um one of the things that came up was that as I was talking at the beginning about like those kind of sexual feelings um as a child and wondering what to do with those, I realized those were knocking on the door again. And um, they were wanting to come up in some way. And I remember going to bed for the first time without my garments. When was this? This was a couple of years ago? This would have been two years ago now, like right about now, around the 15th of September. crazy that's huge uh, yeah wow two years so but just like for me before wearing those garments from the temple those undergarments um that's you know as we mentioned had such a strong intention for being this you know armor of protection against mm-hmm. evil which served me in that way as I was going through that part of my life and trying to figure other things out that was fine. But then now where I am is I'm trying to open up, open up all the repressed things that were stuffed down and get vulnerable and find my deepest, truest, authentic self. So I'm pulling all this up. It's now time to take off this armor and feeling my clothes against my skin for the first time in, wow, how many years? 2008. It's been a while. Yeah, it just, it really did something for my, 
myself. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. I, w- I could feel things and I decide I let myself feel things and I let myself feel sensual. And, um, I think that should be a whole nother topic to address is the idea of, um, feeling your sensuality and feeling your sexuality and, you know, deciding what's feels good for you and, and working through like, again, those feelings of discomfort coming up where maybe we were told, Oh, that's evil. And that's why Mm -hmm. it feels uncomfortable, but it's not necessarily that it's evil. It's that it's just been repressed and we haven't been with it. We haven't been with that part of ourselves, but it's a part of ourselves that we very often as members of this church cover up and don't Mm -hmm. allow ourselves to connect with. Um, But oh, how lovely it is when you can connect with that part of yourself and um i actually within the past few weeks um i've stopped wearing a bra <laughs> oh and let me that's tell fun you, <laughs> like i decided i just kind of had this thought and i was like why am i i've i've, I've been peeling back the layers and and letting go of the things that aren't serving and whether that was selling, you know, multi-level marketing stuff, letting that go, mm-hmm. um, le- deciding to stop attending formal church and doing my own nature church, um, connecting, you know, with my spirituality while out in nature, letting mm-hmm. that go, um, ended up needing to leave my marriage and letting that go because that was no longer the best way to do things mm-hmm. uh, and uh yeah this was the most recent I was like why do I need to fit into this box why do I need to <laughs> right make that part of my body look a certain way to appeal to other people when it feels much more comfortable this way mm-hmm. and like, once again I can feel my clothing against my skin and it is sensual and lovely and wonderful. And I can just feel myself and feel good and not stress about, oh, <laughs> what is anyone else going to think or whatever? Right. You know, um, I feel like I still I dress in a pretty tactful way, um, but in a way that feels good to me. Right. Well, and you're allowed to make those choices. I, I had just come across this idea that I think you might resonate with about how like being being female in the church with the garments and with all the rules around sexuality and sensuality and how we never actually had body autonomy ever. Like from Like back when we were in college, I don't know if you remember, but it was sort of like the cool, righteous thing to do to wear a, uh, like a white undershirt under your clothes as practice garments. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it wasn't just me doing it. There were a lot of girls doing that and, um, and then getting married and okay, well, now you can explore your, your sexuality, but in this one way only mm. and mm-hmm. not in any other way. And there's all these things that are against the rules. And so if you're attracted to those things, 
don't do it. Those are bad. You, you know, you only can do these few things with this one person. And, uh, basically you, you, you're in charge of each other's, each other's righteousness in that respect, because then if the other person feels like they need to go off and, you know, explore things on their own, then like, that's your fault. Right. So mm-hmm. you're supposed to work together for each other's righteousness. And so here at this point, when, you know, back when you were single, you're taught your, your whole life, you cannot explore your sexuality and then you get married and finally you can except only in one exact way. Um, and that continues, that line of thought continues like with the garment, with modesty, mm-hmm. with, you know, um, and on and on and on until, you know, I, I'm 38 and I just like this, like hit me just like a few days ago that like, I am 38 and I have never really experienced body autonomy. Um, in the way that someone outside the church might. And it's just a really weird thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's something that, you know, we're, we can work through together. You know, my, my husband and I can have different conversations now that we're outside of the framework of the church and we, you know, things are more open now, but it's a lifetime of these rules. Yeah. You, you don't just like, uh, hey, I'm a new person, like, because mm-hmm. all of that goes with you and you have to kind of work through it systematically. So, um, like, I really feel what you were saying about, like, you know, being allowed to feel your clothing on your body for the first time in forever and ever. And it's amazing. And you're allowed to feel amazing, you know? Yep. Yep. And you should have never, you should have never not been allowed to, because that was your body in the first place for all these years. It was always your body. Yeah. And gosh, if anyone is, has been feeling any of this or resonates with any of this and is feeling like, ah, what do I do? Um, I just want to invite you to also just touch your body love yourself give yourself not because you want to feel carnal and sensual but because or whatever it you know just (laughs) like giving yourself love like touch your body feel each part and connect with it and it goes back to that I what we were talking about um of feeling self-love versus (laughs) self-loathing you know Mm -hmm. um you don't have to your body doesn't have to be quote perfect or whatever anyone might call perfect or ideal or anything it you you just you are you are (laughs) your body Mm -hmm. is and um and you're here having this experience on earth and this is the body that you're inhabiting right now and just like touch each part of it and you can either say I love you or you can ask how you feel about that part and just like maybe that's you know a chance to connect deeper with yourself and see if something is still you know being triggered or is some mm-hmm. if some hidden thing is hiding underneath of like yeah bringing up old patterns of negative thoughts or anything like that but I would I invite you to connect with your bodies 
mm-hmm. just start to love yourself. I love oh, that. Really that shifts. Plays, that plays so heavily into like what I do for day job as a health coach. And a lot of people need to like relearn how to connect with how they feel like their hungers and satiety signaling or their emotions and how that plays into what they eat and when they eat. But like, I think that even in the health realm, like we forget how very important like sexuality and sensuality and having that bodily autonomy, how important that is for your overall health and, uh, and your ability to like to make healthy decisions in the way that you interact with like your, your health routines. Like if you're not allowed to feel sexy, then you're more likely to self-criticize, which is going to put you through this spiral of disordered eating patterns and, um, and, and what's the opposite of body positivity, body unpositivity, body judgment, <laughs> body shame, you know, body shame. Yeah. And so like sex, just like any, anything else, like just like the food that you eat, it is, it's not good and it's not bad. It's a thing and it can be wonderful and it can be traumatizing depending on how it's, you know, how you interact with it. Um, but in and of itself, I know like it's, it was the sin next to murder coming from inside the church, but like in reality, sex is a body process, just like eating or pooping or growing hair. It, it bodies do what bodies do and they need to do certain things to be regulated and to be balanced and for your hormones, you know, for things to be happy and working functionally together and to judge your body for doing what bodies do naturally and what bodies should do um, is ultimately very, very harmful. Yeah. So I love that. I love that so much. Um, touching on that is such a hugely important part of just being an adult and having a body, like owning a body. They should have, they should have given us like an owner's manual when we were born. <laughs> That'd be nice. Right. Um. Okay. Well, I think Candy, I think that we've hit everything that we wanted to talk about I think can you think of anything else that you wanted to hit on oh, that's good I mean I could there are a lot of other things but <laughs> I think that's good for now <laughs> this was a fantastic discussion I really I really thank you for coming and spending time with me and sharing all of your knowledge and your love and wisdom um with me and with anybody listening and um do you uh let's do this. Let's let you have your final words and then one more plug for your business and then we'll sign off. So is there anything else like last words, takeaways you would want to leave the audience with? Hmm. Well, let's see. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to reiterate that idea of finding your moral compass because you know you're on that alignment what feels like a yes what feels like a beautiful I want to say I I found I came up with the word soulgasmic <laughs> like <laughs> I love it 
just like from from your heart yes like find find that what feels yes and what doesn't and what doesn't you know let it go and be open to it looking different than you thought it was going to if you can be open to seeing things differently seeing something in a different way you don't have to necessarily change your beliefs all of a sudden but being open to consider does that make sense just consider the possibility you know uh start to get clear on what feels like yes to you um one last like really funny little story yeah kind of drive that home I was I I was you know connecting with my sexual energy and I was like I really want to like connect somehow with more with my sexual energy and maybe connect with a person in that way I don't know um literally like the very next day I get this text message (laughs) someone someone a friend had tried to set me up with this single friend that they had and this guy was like oh I only have a short amount of time we could re- we could get together for a little bit on Tuesday, but realistically, it would only be to have sex. So <laughs> I was like, oh, what? <laughs> and it was so funny because my initial reaction was obviously horrified because, you know, <laughs> well, I, after I thought about it for a moment, I it let me reflect on, okay, that reaction that I had, was that just because of the way I've been raised and what I've been through my whole life and how I've been taught to think about sexual relations with other people? Um, or is that how I really feel? Like, is that really, mm-hmm. you know, it just let me kind of think about it, you know, and I was able to reflect on that and say like, oh, maybe I would be okay with connecting with someone in that way if I had some, you know, a chance to you know I I consider myself demisexual and I need some measure of friendship friendship um is really what you know attracts me and that needs to be there and that maybe I could consider exploring that if I felt that first but you know because some people are all about the casual you know it just gave me a chance to think about something I had never really thought about before in a real way with an actual opportunity in front of my face (laughs) you know so just that's just a funny like story um but be open to like looking at things in a new way and saying is it a part of me or is part of this a part of me but maybe it's a little different than it has been before you know just using that Mm -hmm. as an example um of just considering the possibilities and what feels true for me. It's going to be different for everyone. So think mm-hmm. of, let yourself reflect on that and find your truth and what feels like, yes, your soul gasmic. <laughs> yes. For you. That's, that's awesome. And kind of funny too. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And I, I hope that at some point, you know, you're able to develop that kind of relationship with somebody and explore that part of you and in, in a way that you feel safe 
and respected, you know, um, but you know, you deserve it and it's going to be lovely. So, okay, let's go ahead and end on that happy note. Uh, Candy, go ahead and plug all of your businesses and where can people find you? Um, I am pretty active on Instagram. That's a great place to find me. I share a lot of these stories that I'm go- as I go through my healing journey. Mm-hmm. I of those there so that people can, you know, for those who are going through similar kinds of things can can experience that. Um, so I for that purpose, my personal and business are one in the same. And it is if you have Instagram, it's at joyfully.blooming. And um, I, on if you just do Facebook, I it's usually the same content that comes through. Um, and that's Candy Elliott Reader. And then my website is joyfullyblooming.com. And, um, you know, I love doing astrology sessions to help you get clear. I do tarot readings. I love doing Reiki and helping you work through that energy that's stuck and moving through transitions and bringing on advice for your next step forward. And you have some physical products for sale and some PDFs for sale. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Candy. And if you guys would like to support her in any way, go check her out. She has amazing stuff and she's really very good. I've, I've done some things with her and, um, and I hope that you were all able to take away something from this conversation. We talked about so much and so much healing the path to rebirth. Um, and I think that's it. I don't think I have any takeaways, but thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. That's it for this episode of Health Beyond Mormonism. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share it with someone you love. Search, ponder, and pray about what you learned today. Come find me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and return and report. We'll see you guys next time.